Elizabeth at the Small Business Growth Club. And we have another one of our episodes on our small business stories. And I am delighted to say that I have one of my clients here today, Rob Harris from Your Financial Friend. Welcome, Rob, and thank you so much for taking part. Hi. So, well, crack straight on into the questions, and we're looking forward to hearing about your small business story. So what made you take the step to start your own business? Well, actually, I've had many years of running my own business, uh, Elizabeth. The situation is that I was an independent financial advisor. And in fact, I sold my very first um, savings plan when I was 22 years of age. There was no regulation at all on investment matters in those days. And because um, regulation came along eventually in 1986, particularly, when I passed exams and all that sort of thing and became an independent financial advisor, built up a business often contrarian in giving the, the advice that I gave as well, which seemed to work well. But then in the early 2000s, I sold my business and thought I'd retire because I got to that sort of age. But the difficulty was that my clients wouldn't let me stop. They kept knocking on my door, as it were. And I had to explain then that because I was no longer a regulated advisor, I, couldn't give it, I could give them guidance and help and information, which I began to do. So I began to explain to them that they could learn how to make their own investment decisions and where to invest and how to do that. That eventually became a kind of a training course. So still today, I still provide a money awareness course, which helps people to make up their own mind how and where they're going to invest their money. And people like that because it leaves them in control of where their money is and what they're doing, rather than passing it over always to somebody else to do, as it were. Does that help, Elizabeth? Yeah, yeah that does. So, and so how long, Rob, have you been in business for? Running, oh, well, how long have you been running your own business for? Oh, since 1993, except that that was the financial advisory service, which I sold in the early 2000s. So I've been running the money awareness course for about seven years now, I think. So mm. you must be quite pleased that you've the got right through, is. when they talk about running your own business, that up to five years is when probably 60% of small businesses fail. So yes. I feel quite an achievement to have got through that five years. It, it's quite good, really, yes. It, it is It is good, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things we ask our guests is, obviously, so you've been running your business for seven years now. So what has been the most benefit to you personally by running your own business? Well, I mean... Given that I, I was going to retire seven or eight years ago, I would say the biggest benefit is the sheer enjoyment of doing it, actually. It's lovely to run a business when you're not dependent on its income for your own survival. Mm -hmm. It gives you a lot of freedom uh, to, to really be yourself and, and be yourself within the actual business. So I, I really enjoy the interaction between all the people in business networking, obviously, uh, interaction with you, Elizabeth, when we're working together, and, and so on. So it's about interaction and enjoyment and being a part of life still. You know, when you, I think one of the difficulties with, with retirement is that you, you often lose your position in life. Right. No, nobody knows what you are because they don't know what you do anymore. Yeah. And that's a bit sad because we, we probably, it's much better to be known for our character and our personality. But the truth is that many people know other people because of what they do. Yeah. And, and therefore, you know, um, I, I often wonder whether retirement's a good idea, to be honest. 
And do you have any plans to retire? No, absolutely none whatsoever. As as long as I'm I'm fit and healthy, and my mind's still functioning, and I'm still of benefit to other people through the business that I run, no way. I'll still be here. Oh no, that's really nice. Just so, enjoy it far too much. Yeah. When you, you you've just alluded to it in something you've just said. So when did you start feeling the ease? So we've spoken to many of our guests, and uh, some businesses have been going for a while. Some are quite new, but. The, one of the common things that go through is when did you start feeling, uh, I suppose, that your business was working and that you could relax a bit more and, and work out what it is that you wanted? Uh, do, do, did you have a time scale when that happened for you or how has that evolved? Hmm. No, I, I mean, it, it's much easier for me than it is for many people running a business because, you know, the, the financial income for them is not, I'm not dependent on that for my basic living costs. So I didn't have the same stress or strain that somebody setting up a new business. I mean, somebody who's been made redundant perhaps and they've got some cash they're sitting on and they're living off the cash, hoping that the income from their business will rise to the point where it pays the bills and pays the rent or all your mortgage and so on. I have not had that situation. So I've been able to relax much more, settle back into just enjoying what I'm doing. I think that's one of the keys. If you genuinely enjoy what you're doing, then the the darker times, the more difficult times, you do see your way through that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about those darker times now. Oh, right. So, obviously, you've been running your business. So, what do you think has been your biggest challenge um, when running your business? Okay. I mean, obviously, if um, the obvious answer is, if I was totally dependent on the income of the business, then cash flow would obviously be a big issue. But it's not so much that for me, really. I think the biggest challenge for me is that because I'm a financial educator, I'm not a financial advisor, then as soon as people hear me talking about investment and stock markets and all the rest of it, they categorize me immediately in their perception as being a financial advisor. Right. So one of the biggest problems I, I've had is to get across that I'm very different, that yeah. a financial educator is not the same as an advisor. Yeah. So I give you the information that enables you confidently to make up your mind what kind of investments you want to make and where you want to make them, yeah. leaving you in, in control, actually, of where your money is. So the biggest thing is, I mean, I had six months, Elizabeth, of, of being in one of the major networking groups. I got no business at all when I first became networking. And I decided not to go on networking because what was the point, yeah. you know? And then I looked at my computer and said, okay, Rob, if you're not going to go networking, what are you going to do? I mean, how are you going to get business? Yeah. So I rethought it and went back. I was then standing up in the business network group saying, hi, I'm Rob Harris. I'm not a financial advisor. I am a financial educator. This means that I, I put the tools, information, knowledge in your hands to enable you to make your decision about where your money needs to be at any given time. And um, so did you see a change straight away in the amount of business that you were getting since you changed your approach? Yeah, I, I did see a change, but it, even then it took time for that to, to sink in, I think, and for people to realise that, you know, I, I think one of the big problems I often say to people who are new to networking, look, if you're going to business network, you're standing up doing your 40-second or one-minute talk, whatever it is, be aware that in the early days, the first few words you say and the first time you stand up and speak, people will have a perception about who you are 
and a perception about what you do, and they put you in a pigeonhole. Yeah. And they put you in that pigeonhole, oh, he's a this, oh, she's a that, you know, oh, she does this, or she does that. And so the situation there is it takes a very long time to unwrap that original perception. Yeah. So if you're going networking in the early days, then be very careful about what you say when you first stand up, because that's what logs in people's minds. Yeah. Well, that sort of goes on to my next question. And I know you're a big networker, Rob. Obviously, how you advertise or market your business. Now, I know you go networking quite a lot. So one of my questions I've been asking people, so you were used to -to face-to-face networking Mm. and you're used to online networking because of the COVID crisis. That's right. So which one do you prefer so, so far? Oh, well, I think there's no doubt that face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball is, for me, is the better of the two. Whether it's commercially better is another matter. Because, right. of course, you know, if you're traveling out to networking meetings and paying the fees for them and taking all the time involved around them, it's a, a more enjoyable and more satisfying way of, of getting business. But the truth is that online and on Zoom, um, you can have many more meetings. You can meet people across the country. Um, so your, your net's much wider. There's a lot to be said. So I really think in the future, it needs to be a bit of a balance of both. Right. It's like yeah. most things in life are a balance, aren't they, really? They are. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so. And yeah. so what would your tip be to someone who's starting out in business and they go to um, a networking group for the very first time? I think, Obviously, I think you've touched on it. But obviously, it can be quite terrifying walking into that networking group. I remember my first networking group, and I thought, what am I doing here? I yes. don't know how to do this. I've had yes. the most scary yeah. experience going. But now I've used networking even as a development tool for myself. Mm. So what would be your biggest tip to someone starting out? Well, I've observed the fact that sometimes you get people coming into networking for the first time they will just be themselves. And I think that that's the first thing. Don't try to pretend you're something you're not. Don't try to pretend that you're a great speaker or something like that. Just be yourself. Because a lot of trust in business is people feeling that they know you. Right? So I think when you first get networking, if you're uneasy, you're, you're t- say so. You know, I, I've seen so many people come into networking and, and stand up and say, look, this is my first time here. I'm really nervous. I've never done this before. I'm so sorry. Mm. And you know what happens? Everybody in the room is, is for them. Thumbs up. Go for it. You know, yeah. we love you kind of thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. but if somebody stands up and tries to bluster and bluster them and, and try to be pompous, no, 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 no. Forget it. So yeah. that would be my and second thing I would say is be very sure if you're setting up a bit or running a business that, it's something that you have a deep conviction about. Right. You know, if you're going to sell something, a product, or if you're going to sell a service, or if you know you have a cutting edge in your particular profession, then you have an inner conviction of your value to the networkers around you. And that conviction of your value will be felt by the people when you talk to them. Right. Yeah. So, you see, it has to come not from your mind, but from your spirit, more or less. Yeah. yeah. And it, it connects in a very different way. So that helps. Yeah. 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 Is there any other marketing that you do to advertise your business? 
No. <laughs> but then I think, <laughs> but, but I think the truth is, you see, in the world of money and finance, um, the whole thing is based on trust. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what other techniques you use. I mean, I think, I think it's probably helpful in general on LinkedIn, this sort of thing, to be there and to have your name there. And I have found that uh, people on LinkedIn who know me years ago suddenly, hello, is, is that you, Rob? You know, and, and the, so there is some connection from the past works. But as a major tool, it really needs to be eyeball to eyeball. Yeah. So when I go business networking, I make a big, big goal of, you know, if I have a 10-minute a, a one-to-one session with people, mm-hmm. my goal always is to book an appointment as well to meet them one-to-one on Zoom. Yeah. And I found just recently, Elizabeth, that the time to try and get that appointment is immediately the networking meeting is finished. Right, okay. You go straight to LinkedIn, you find that, and you send a message immediately, and that's that's very powerful. Yeah. No, so I'm still, I'm, 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 still, I'm still learning after all this time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 2020, as we're recording this podcast, has been probably the most one of the most challenging times for businesses, mm. probably even more than just going through a recession. Yeah. Because we've got recession yeah. and a virus to deal with. Mm. So a lot of our podcast guests that we've been speaking to had goals at the beginning of the year, but because of the COVID crisis has completely changed them. So my question to you is, do you have any goals in your business? Are they small, medium, and long-term? And what are they? So three questions in one. Golly. Well, I'm going to turn it on its head probably, I think, Elizabeth, because I don't think in medium, short-term, long-term. I don't business plan in that way because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to develop or grow a big business. You know, mm-hmm. I love people. So I can meet people who haven't got a penny to their name I'm desperate to help them and to show them how they can even invest as little as £25, £50 a month in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick story at this time. There were three lovely ladies in a networking group in the Bedford area some years ago. And I was the group leader there, actually. And they kept saying to me, Rob, no good you talking to me. I haven't got pennies in my name. But I'm a persistent in a gentle way, I hope. And I don't want to, to leave people without support and help and encouragement. So uh, at the end of the day, I got them, I, one by one, I got them sat down. I said, come on, let's have a talk. And um, sure, they had credit card debts and all the rest of it. But here's a strange thing. With uh, all three of them, eventually, they started saving in the stock market at £50 per month. That sounds silly because surely you should pay off your credit card. Well, yet logically you should. But you see, human beings aren't about logic. We're about emotion and feeling, aren't we? Yeah. And here's the change that happened in those people's lives. They began putting 50 pounds a month into, into a simple uh, way of investing, just tracking the FTSE 100 index, which is quite a simple, low-cost thing to do. And some months later, two of the three ladies came back wrong. I, I, I'm so grateful. You know, I just feel so, I noticed the word, I just feel so much better. Yeah. Well, they still have the credit card debt, but behind them, they had some investment, and they just made them feel much better, much better, to, right. to feel that they were in control, you see. Yeah. So, so then they began talking with them. I found that they felt that they were handling their ordinary everyday money better as well. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. Because it was no longer a threat that they were in. There's a degree of control here, you see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, it can be that. I mean, you know, the range of my students, I, I like to call them, that, that is what they are, range from people with, you know, uh, upwards of half a million pounds mm -hmm. to invest in their pension funds and whatever, down to, as I've said, you know, single uh, single mums with children with not a penny to invest. It's right across the range. Yeah. Because uh, we all need to learn to handle and invest our money better, don't we, really, I think. Yeah. And so finally, my last question to you is, obviously, you've now gone through the experience of setting up your business. I know you've been in business before then, but you on your own. So yes. what would be your biggest tip to someone who's starting out on this exciting but challenging journey? What would be your tip to someone who's starting out? Okay. I think I would say, be don't shrink back and don't try to cling on to every penny. You need a big, bold plan. You need right. to move ahead. And I think one of the things I would say, if it's at all possible for you to do this, is look at the tasks that you have in your business. Mm -hmm. Decide which ones you're good at, which tasks in your business you're good at, yeah. and which ones you're not good at, which ones you enjoy, and which tasks you don't enjoy. And for goodness sake, get rid of and download the tasks that are a drag that make you feel heavy. Yeah. Just do the do the bits you're best at, you know? Yeah. And Elizabeth, I've worked with you, as you know, for some time. So very clearly, <laughs> you know that I like to download all the bits I don't want to do. And that means that I, I'm at the cutting edge of my business all the time. I'm where I can make money, not where I'm nitpicking over bits of paper and whatever, which you yeah. do so well for me. So yeah. You are. That's the reason I employ you, Elizabeth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, thank you. And obviously, I enjoy yeah. it so much because exactly. we've worked together, exactly. I would think, for about three years now. It has to be. It has to yeah. be that at least, doesn't it? And it's gone so quick, hasn't it? Whoosh. Absolutely. It's frightening, isn't it? Mm. So, thank you, Rob. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today. It's mm. been very enlightening. And I hope people who have listened to this have enjoyed this interview with Rob. So if you would like to access more of the club and what we can do for you, then sign up to the Small Business Grow Club. Subscriptions start at £15 a month. You get access to a monthly theme that we send out, and it can be to do with any aspect of your business. So some of the themes that we are covered is choosing the right accountant, why you should have a website for your business, um, some of the marketing channels, and our very own uh, Rob Harris um, in October yeah. has recorded a session for us on choosing the right financial advisor. Yeah. Hopefully you would have been in business by the time you get to that point, just over a year, and you've got money to invest. So just finding the right people to work with you when investing your finances. We also give you access to business basics training, and you also have a monthly networking event. So all for as little, little as £15 a month. So if you'd like to join us, then please do click on the links um, contained in the podcast. We would be delighted to have you as part of the family. So finally, I just want to say thank you, Rob, for your time today for us. You're very welcome. And so um, we look forward to seeing uh, you all in our next episode.